What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Dual Sense Podcast. This is episode nine. My name is Jason. I'm one of your co-hosts. I'm joined, as always, by Travis Rav. How you doing today? Not too bad. Not only have I been banging young golf. I mean, <laughs> let me say that differently. Not only have I been listening <laughs> uh-huh. to the new Young Dolph album, which is um, definitely a piece of work. Hmm. I also found out I weigh 175 pounds today. You're a big boy now. I weigh 178. Man, it is awesome. It doesn't even look like it, does it? No, it looks like you're just eating it and shitting it right back out. Yeah, I don't know where it is, but I got on the scale and said, um, "That I said, that's a new <laughs> state record. <laughs> this was at the doctor? Yeah, and she said, I've never heard a woman say something like that before. No, she didn't. Yeah, I just laughed. <laughs> uh, did you tell her it's because a woman never looked this good? No, that'd have been a good. That'd have been a good comeback. Well, Travis, for the uninitiated or the noobs, we're a weekly PlayStation podcast where we talk every week about all the news and rumors, upcoming game releases, and a little bit more in the world of PlayStation. We're on platforms like Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. And we are now on YouTube, if you prefer to listen to your podcasts on a video platform. And we post every Sunday. And Travis, why don't you talk to me about what games you've been playing this past week to get us started here? Well, um, hmm. see, we explored a, a few new boards on the Call of Duty. We um, mm-hmm. ventured into Oil Rig, which I think is probably the worst map I've played on this game. Yeah, it's dog shit. I hate everything about it. It's so big, but it's but it fights so tiny, which isn't that big of a deal. We've had maps like that before, but I just something about it isn't it's not clean. It feels like it's not refined or something. My problem with it is it looks like it is from Black Ops three. Like it looks a little bit futuristic for me, number one. Mm-hmm. My bigger gripe with it is that there's so many corridors. Like right. you can just get shot from everywhere. Like the shooting you gallery. Just, you could just hold the the right stick in one direction and do a three sixty and walk around that way. Like I don't know. It just I'm I'm not a fan of it. Whatever. I mean, some of the I guess if the new COD is good, it'll be at the end of its life anyway. So yeah, it is. What, what else is. you been playing? Um, got my first crown on Fall Guys. Ooh. Yeah, I got jumped and missed, so it's not like I was the fastest. He just missed, and I had better timing. And then I, I got within two or three other ones where I was right at the end there, and um, you know they just they just beat me. Of course, none of these happened while I played with you. They were all solo, <laughs> so no nobody believes me unless you see the trophy. Correct. Are you sure that your wife didn't get it for you? <laughs> yeah. She texted me the other day at work and said, "Hey, I'm I'm playing Fall Guys. I got I got I qualified." And I was like, "You made it to the final?" And she's like, "No, I made it past the first round." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay." She told her, you say, "Cool, babe. I'm so, at work. Text me when you win a crown." <laughs> no, but she um, while I was while I was at work, she managed to figure out how to turn it on. Open the game. She switched the HDMI from my racing rig over to my normal gaming TV. She she changed the USB plug-in because I had the um, controller plugged in. So she figured out how to undo all that. Um, even managed to put it in rest mode instead of turning it off so it could update. So I don't know who she is anymore. Jeez. 
Jeez. Tell her you want the other alien that's yeah. controlling her behind her head back. <laughs> yeah, she got a new it. She got a new alien. She got a new alien. She's not terrible at it. She the, her issue is that she struggles with the uh, dual stick with the camera with the with the right stick. So mm. if she gets hit, turn around backwards. She she doesn't turn the camera, so she's running blindly into the whirly gig propellers <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> and then I finally broke down and got um F one twenty twenty and started my own team. So um, I've only made it through one race weekend. And it it takes a little okay. bit of effort because if you if you do it the way that F one does it, you have three practice sessions with different things to work on, like your race setup, your qualifying setup. There's they've built in this really cool way of making you learn the track, which is you have to drive through these gates, and it tells you if you're at the right speed when you hit them. So purple is optimal, and green is good, red is bad, and you hit so many gates in a row, and you have a certain score. And that gives you development points for your career. It gives you acclaim points for your career, but it also familiarizes you with the track. So it's it's difficult. I only have the AI race difficulty on medium. So, you know, like 55 out of 100. And I think you can go above 100, actually. And there's people who race that are actually like, you know, eSport racers. They race on mm-hmm. 110 or whatever. Um, that's not... No way. Yeah, my issue is it necessarily the speed of the cpu um when you start the career your team's dog shit so you're going to be slow that's (laughs) that's fine my issue is i do stupid things like forget where i'm on the track miss my breaking point um run into people i'm used to like being able to like you know bump draft or you can hit people a little bit um you can't Mm -hmm. do that in the f1 race your wheel will come off or your wing will fly off or whatever (laughs) um you know and then you got all these buttons you could change how rich your gas is so if it's if it's more rich uh you have more power but you lose um mileage there's different tires they're faster they're slower they last longer then you got to change your aero package if you want to there's this thing called drs which you open up if you're within a second of the person in front of you and then there's the overtake button which gives you a boost so you can go around people faster and safer right and i've never raced with a car like that i've only raced you know normal cars where you shift and you drive and right so i can do all the stuff where you save tires and save fuel and you draft and i get all that and i can run one lap by myself fine but then when i get out there and it's like open drs use the overtake button um this that and the other i like forget which buttons are which on this on the steering wheel and then (laughs) i brain yeah yeah, i hit the wall at 200 it's like jesus (laughs) from what you showed me uh you showed me a video of it a while back before right before it was about to come out it looks super deep um not detailed technical yeah, both is um, fair. all all the all the options and uh you know all the options and features and everything it just looks like a lot yeah. so but i'm but i'm glad you played it because you have to be our resident racing game guy <laughs> on this podcast so because i'll never do it yeah well the, they have a, a skill tree that's kind of your r&d department for your car so you know aero powertrain chassis all that stuff mm-hmm. and that's pretty cool it's kind of you know, if you can hit a button, then it'll recommend to you what you should update next. And I have like three things in development, but it, you know, it depends on how you race. Like for me, I need a car that that turns really well and it's balanced because I'm not. Sometimes I just miss my apex, and it helps if the car can turn and if it's set up that way. And of course, you know, your your team is so bad that if you miss, like I don't have the equipment to handle 
my um, shortfalls yet. So once I get there, I think it'll be a lot easier. Um, I did do the first practice of the of the next race at Bahrain, and it's it's a million times better. And I might just suck at the last track. That could be all it is. Well, you have to keep us updated and uh, let us know if you ever try to venture online to be competitive. Good God! What else you been playing? Anything? You put or is that it? No, that's about it. I mean, F one is a is a is a time commitment at night. So if I decide to play yeah. that, that's about all I'm doing. Right. Well, I've been playing uh, Red Dead Online, of course, uh, getting some daily challenges. Uh, like you said, we min- mixed in a little bit of COD. I'm I'm falling off on that because we're not playing it as much as we used to. Right. So my skill is going down quite a bit. Uh, we we played Fall Guys a little bit, like you mentioned as well, and uh, I've only got one one crown on that. So right, uh, but I I I get pretty far most most. Mm-hmm. Uh, shows as they call it on yeah. there so i'm not bad at there's it there's only one show i'm really really bad at this was it the slime climb slime climb i'm terrible i can't I'm figure terrible. it out yeah i'm awful i guess that i think i've seen people say online like how that one is the most uh skill based i guess and so oh, great i guess maybe that t- maybe that tells you tell what we need to know <laughs> yeah, we're not that good exactly <laughs> i've also played ghost of tsushima so I am still on the second island. I'm still in act two, but I think I'm getting close. So I've told you, I don't know if I said it on here last week, but my strategy now is I'm zigzagging across the islands to clear everything as I go. So everything that I can, that I find anyway. So the question marks, like the box dens and everything like that, like I'm trying to just get it as I go. Right. Yeah. The side quests and everything. So the, I have to do one more side quest and then I'll be at the story mission where you get a new set of armor. I won't say what, so it's not a spoiler, but where you get a new set of armor in act two. So, uh, I hope I'm getting there, but, yeah, um, I should be, I should be done with it by the end of the month. Like I've said before. So I'm just taking my time and enjoying it. Yeah. And that a side mission you said you did last night. It's probably one of the, it's a little bit long, but it's probably one of the better, better side quests that aren't tied directly to uh, one of your companions, I guess you could say. Right. Yeah, it was fun. And the last thing that I played this week, um, I tried that free to play Ubisoft game Hyperscape that we've mentioned on here before. I literally played it for five minutes and then deleted the game. (laughs) It's, it's awful. I don't know if it gets better the more you play it. I would assume so, or I would hope so at least, but it was awful. So I loaded into the game and, you know, do the drop thing. It's your typical battle royale, jump out of something. Right. I, I land on the ground. I don't see any loot. Perfect. I, I don't even know where to go to get loot. So finally, I find loot. I don't know how to open it. Well, you have to break the box open to open it. Okay, well, there's no, from what I could tell, there's no dedicated melee button. So anyway, I finally figure out how to open the box, get some loot, get like a semi-auto rifle and a sniper rifle. And I'm trying to make my way around the map a little bit. I hear people shooting and everything, but I can't see them. I finally see somebody on a rooftop. And I and granted, I had done some tr- like the tutor- tutorial training before this. And man, it just 
handles so sluggishly. Like the the mechanics and the controls did not feel good. Hmm. So of course I just got destroyed. I mean, the guy killed me in no time and it just didn't feel good. It didn't feel good. And I don't know, the aesthetic doesn't really appeal to me and it doesn't do anything better than any of the other kind of name brand battle royales that are out right. there now, like Fort like Warzone or Fortnite or even Apex Legends. Like those are the three. Like if you want to play that type of game with guns, just do one of those. So anyway, deleted it. It's all Yeah. Stop giving us sluggish, terrible games that are half finished. There's a million of these things now. I'm so glad that Housemark um decided to not make that game and they're making Returnal instead because it right. would not do well. Anyway, uh, that's all I've been playing, and with that, we will get into the news. And Travis, it is another big, beefy week of news and rumors. Like last week, we'll, we will do everything that we can to get it in in 90 minutes. It shouldn't be a problem, even if we have to cut some things at the end. So we'll get there. Number one this week. Sony is rumored to be stocking up on third-party exclusive deals ahead of the launch of the PlayStation 5. Former Game Informer writer and current Kinda Funny Games contributor, Imran Khan. I have no idea if I'm saying that guy's name right. He's a prince in, like, Saudi Arabia. (laughs) He posted on Reset Era, saying, quote, There isn't a major third-party out there Sony failed to approach asking what kind of deals they could work out. Some had content, some had games, Some had content and games. It is not like Microsoft was not willing to offer. They just didn't want to pay the asking price because Sony approached with pretty high numbers in the first place. That PlayStation Advantage branding and console exclusive wording are both going to get a lot of use in the next few years, end quote. Hell yeah. What do you make of this? I know. Well, we talked, you know, yes, last week about how how shrewd Sony was being with the Spider-Man license. And, and this is another example of that for whatever reason, Sony seems to have, it's like they have this killer instinct right now. I'm not sure where that came from. Mm-hmm. And they know that these exclusives are, that the, that a great exclusive can drive a console. I mean, we've seen that before and we've seen it now. Yeah. Even, and even if these third party deals are just for like a year, right? Right. Like the death loop game that's coming out, like that's a, I'm pretty sure that's a one year timed exclusive. Even if that's a year, like that's enough. Yeah. That's enough, especially, especially at the launch of a console, like maybe not in the middle of a console generation, Mm -hmm. but at the, at the launch of a console, that's enough to get you off on a strong foot. Right. Especially, especially if it fills a gap in your launch lineup that you don't have. Mm-hmm. So if it complements what you're doing well, and like you mentioned with Spider-Man, and I think we're going to see this more and more with third-party games, even if it's just kind of what we've already seen with like Call of Duty getting free like packs for PlayStation Plus members or you know getting exclusive game modes like the survival mode on COD or 30 Days early access to maps and things like that. Like that's cool, man. Like that's the type of stuff that makes people excited. And depending on what the exclusive content is, or if it's like a timed exclusive, people are going to buy, it's going to move some consoles, some consoles. It adds an intrinsic value to the console. You know, it's kind of like a bonus you're getting because you know, you'll get these exclusives and you know, a lot of the exclusives we obviously don't know about yet. 
So you're kind of mm-hmm. like buying into this promise of what you'll get. But how many exclusives have you seen that have had a lot of success once they've released on a newer or a different platform? I mean, like you said, we saw, uh, what was it, Horizon with this, with the PC world. Mm-hmm. How many times have we seen a game do that and that and another type of I can't think of one that was as 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 prominent as Horizon off the top of my head. Yeah, you know, that those PlayStation ones that are coming over are kind of the the big ones now, like Horizon, Death Stranding, those are the ones and they're and they're not even going to console, you know, they're going to PC. Right. So um one of the biggest examples of like these timed exclusives was the Tomb Raider reboot game Mm -hmm. it first came it it came out first on xbox for a year and people were pissed about that (laughs) playstation fans were pissed about that so now that we're going to be on the other side of the coin i do understand why xbox uh players are upset about this exclusive content especially the spider-man stuff like i get it right but you know what it's sony's job to cater to their consumers and to their players and to take care of them and to keep them happy and excited and excited and wanting to spend money on their console and in their ecosystem. This is one of the ways they can do that. So what I'm interested to see is there are these rumors out there about there being third party exclusive games, not just timed exclusives like Deathloop, but like maybe a full blown third party exclusive. We know from last week when we talked that there's a rumor that the next Final Fantasy game is going to be a timed exclusive. That's big already. Right. But what if there's a what if there's a third party game that's like full blown exclusive, like never leaving PlayStation? I'm interested to see if that's a thing. Number two, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout is officially a commercial success. Publisher Devolver Digital announced on Monday that the game has sold two million copies on Steam on PC in addition to having 1.5 million players in the first 24 hours after launch. Fall Guys is also extremely popular in the streaming world, having been watched for over 23 million hours on Twitch already. What? Website Push Square also reported, quote, According to GameStat, a website that tracks PlayStation Network players via trophy data, data Fall Guys has an incredibly healthy player base. The site claims the Devolver Digital title has 8.2 million active players as of August the 9th, end quote. These insane numbers may explain why brands and corporations from around the world are keen to partner with the game to bring their own branded character skins to the game. Brands such as KFC, Walmart, The Witcher, and Metal Gear Solid have all reached out publicly asking for inclusion in the game. Fall Guys also received an update this week adding a new final round called Jump Showdown as well as addressing known bugs. So Travis, that's a lot of Fall Guys news. What do you think about some of that? Well, good for them. And, you know, I'm sure that the um, the free um, access you have to it on PlayStation for this month certainly helped with those numbers. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty how cr- pretty crazy how fast it caught on. I mean, you know, we all thought Gang Beast was cool, and it didn't catch on like this. And there's a lot of similarities mm-hmm to that just the way that you know the players move and how shitty the servers are it's kind of like with these skins it's kind of like playing with a pop head right i would love to have a kfc kernel outfit or <laughs> skin for my guy i think that would be hilarious <laughs> did you see the picture of the kfc no, i didn't kernel? look it up <laughs> i just imagined it's in hilarious. My head how crazy it would be it's hilarious 
Yeah, apparently KFC has a gaming Twitter. It's so odd. That is weird, but whatever. Yeah, my wife has a theory about the skins. She thinks that, like, if you're the dinosaur or anything with a head above your head, that it makes you more top heavy and harder to play with. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not. Because I'm rocking. Um, what am I right now? What was I the other day? Are you the owl. Yeah, I'm the owl. Yeah. She also when I came back in, she completely changed my skin. I was pink. And an owl, and I was, I was, I was, I was uh, like a wolf or something. I don't know what she's doing. Oh man! Next thing you know, she's gonna try to race twice on F one or GT, and she's gonna have brought your times and ranking down. Yeah, you're at the banner. You're at the banner. Pick her out. So this is crazy. This fall guys news. So obviously the player count, eight point two million players, is yeah. insane. I mean, that's way more than most games sell number of copies right. so that's just nuts and of course the playstation plus helps and the other thing is that it's been watched for 23 million hours which, on twitch it's consistent yeah. it's consistently the most watched game on twitch for well, the last it's hard week, to imagine so. the length of time that is yeah it's getting watched more than call of duty you know Fortnite, wow. all the big boys all the big yeah. boys it's literally number one on which twitch is, all and the it's time partly because the game is just inherently funny and it's so outrageous, mm-hmm. and you like people just diving for the finish line and getting wrecked by balls. I, I sent you that video. I love doing that, that video earlier this week. Of that guy that got hit by like seven balls in a row and didn't didn't finish. Yeah. He got eliminated. <laughs> yes, I love that. I, I dive at the finish line every time. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a it's such a fun game, and uh, I think that with those numbers like that, that's why all these uh, these you know brands want to hop on board. Why not get the KFC? Outfit in front of 8 million people. Right. So. Yeah. Hey, if you get the Metal Gear um, solid, if you get like a snake skin, are you going to be missing like an arm? Is, what, didn't he missing a body part? Uh, in the newest one, yeah, he, he is missing like his forearm. And then he does have an eye patch. So one of the skins does have an eye right. patch. <laughs> Number three, PlayStation 5 third-party developers may be struggling with graphical fidelity on the next-generation console, according to GamesBeat reporter Jeff Grubb. While being interviewed on the Basement Radio Arcade podcast, Greb stated, quote, The technology that Sony is using for the PlayStation 5 is AMD Smart Shift, and I'm not a developer, but this Smart Shift tech is worrisome, I think. What it does is it moves power between the CPU and the GPU, and developers really haven't had to worry about that, especially on consoles in the past. He went on to say that will get cleared up over time, Developers will figure it out. Sony will figure it out and explain to developers, here's what to do. But my understanding is that they're not doing that yet, and that's the issue. End quote. What do you make of this? Well, if he thinks it's going to get cleared up over time, it's kind of, why are we talking about it? Is part of my reaction. And the um, other thing he says is, I'm not a developer, but I think this tech is mm-hmm. worrisome. So did the developer tell you that? If so, say it. If not, if it's just your opinion, then you should, I think, make that more clear. If it's if it's coming from a developer, then it's certainly an issue that Sony has to address. And I'm sure they will if it is an issue. But if he's just saying, oh, I think it's an issue, but I'm not a developer, are you just talking to McNoise or trying to get some attention? Like, what are you doing? So Jeff has been pretty vocal this whole kind of console season. He, he does have some sources um, at different companies and whatnot. But what I did want to add to this is that it didn't make it in the notes because I had already finished it. 
but I was on Twitter earlier and apparently one of the people who kind of started this rumor is some guy on Twitter named Dusk Gollum, who apparently is like a known Resident Evil insider. And uh, he, so he, he kind of started this uh, on social media this week. Well, then he's now backtracked today, I guess, on a, on a forum and said that apparently he admitted to basically like putting this out there or making parts of it up because he felt that Microsoft was at too much of a disadvantage and he wanted to try and like change the conversation basically. I don't know if that part is true, but it sounds like this is not the last word on this and that this story or rumor may not be completely true. I also think that this is, while it is a Sony issue, if developers are having trouble with this, if it's true, from what else I can gather, it's also somewhat of a developer problem. Right. Because the the conversation is that not every developer is having this problem. It's, you know, it might be Capcom with Resident Evil or whatever. Like, it's not everybody. So if not everybody is having the same problem, then what does that say about... It's a developer problem. That's not my problem. Right. So I'm sure Sony will help if you're having a problem, but I don't know if this is a universal problem, I guess is what I'm trying right. to say, even if, even if it's true. So we'll see. Number four, we received more details this week on the upcoming PlayStation 5 launch title, Spider-Man Miles Morales. In an interview with publication Entertainment Weekly, the game's creative director, Brian Horton, said, quote, This is a full arc for Miles Morales that started in Spider-Man. We really are completing this hero's coming of age in our game. It is a complete story, end quote. We also learned that Spider-Man will appear in the game to train Miles, but that Miles will have his own animations, movements, mechanics, and powers. And finally, a new screenshot captured from the PlayStation 5 was included in the article, complete with ray-traced puddles. Did you get to look up uh, the screenshot or hear anything about this? No, I would have looked it up if it was Spider-Man. <laughs> that's a great twitter Ray, okay it's ray trace i get it i don't know i feel like i've seen ray trace puddles and water a thousand times at this point it just it is not going to make me look something up <laughs> so the reason why i included that and the reason why that's like a big deal is because when they released i guess in the trailer or maybe some other screenshots before or something like that the puddles were not ray traced. And so people were trying to say that, Oh, look at this graphical downgrade. Where's the ray tracing at? So this time they like ray traced the <laughs> shit out of it for entertainment Love weekly. It. And it looks insane. Yeah, it looks insane. So I'm excited about this. This, this also kind of puts to rest this idea of this being, you know, just DLC for the first game. Right. And, you know, it's they're just putting, you know, they're reskinning this. They're just putting new gra- some new graphical assets in the game. They've basically said, like, no, it's its own story. You know, Miles has his own moves and everything like that. So that's cool. It'll be to know. pretty cool to see. I think it's a cool idea to bring Spider Man in to, I guess, train him. I think that's an interesting kind of take on it. Do you think that Miles will follow uh, the code and not actually kill anybody? Yeah, absolutely. And I think at the end of this game, there will be one of those signature post-credit stingers where we get a tease right. for the next the Spider-Man. Uh, sp- yeah. Like Spider-Man 2, yeah. Number five, after a bit of high-stakes drama recently, it appears that Warner Brothers Interactive will not be sold after all. 
Website Eurogamer reports that parent company AT&T has backed out of selling off its gaming division, writing, quote, AT&T has reconsidered the sale and instead of selling off its gaming concern to help mitigate its debts, instead it is restructuring the organization, end quote. This means that game development studios such as NetherRealm, TT Games, and Rocksteady are safe for now from the likes of Electronic Arts and Microsoft, among other interested parties. What do you think about this? So now, you know, we don't have to worry about games like Batman or Mortal Kombat and so on getting ruined by EA or possibly <laughs> locked behind the Microsoft ecosystem. So what right. do you think about this? Well, speaking of exclusivity, you'd think that Microsoft would at least throw some money at this. It's a, it's a you know, you know what you're going to get out of these out of these groups, right? So, or the games you're going to get, yeah. you know they would appeal to your market, so it would make sense to throw some money at that, but hey, I think you got to give credit to AT&T for um, restructuring the organization. That's not something that a lot of companies are willing to do. And it's can and it's a smart move if you think you have the talent and it can it can bring me money back on in the long run. Mhm. It's weird because they put this out there, they wanted like, you know, billions of dollars or whatever. I can't remember what it was, a billion, maybe 2 billion. And now they're backing off of it. It's almost like they put it out there as like a feeler. Right. See they they came back. Yeah, they came back like, oh my God, these people are really excited about these two Batman games and these new Lego games <laughs> and whatever, the next Mortal Kombat and shit. Like we we might be able to make some money off this thing. Like, I don't know, man. Just some something is a little odd about it to me. It but is weird. I guess they maybe they had a change of heart, so but it's it's it appears to be good for us because electronic arts would ruin it. I mean, let's just be exactly. honest. Um, I would rather them go to Microsoft and be behind that wall than be in, be in EA's court. Right. Number six, video game industry sales continued to break records in the second quarter of 2020. Industry sales analyst, the NPD group, reported that, quote, overall total industry consumer spending on video gaming in the United States reached a second quarter record $11.6 billion, an increase of 30% when compared to the same time period last year and a 7% increase over the first quarter of 2020, end quote. Sales of game content hit $10.2 billion and were up 28% year over year. Hardware sales hit $848 million and were up 57% year over year. Accessories also experienced a boon, selling $584 million, good for a 50% increase year over year. It's a good time to, uh, to game during a pandemic, huh? Yeah, they got to be loving this COVID thing. Aside from the death and the sickness, they got to be loving the money that's coming in. Yeah, they're rolling in it. Well, and it makes you wonder, like, let's say we get a vaccine in January and we have a great mm-hmm. year next year. Does this thing drop? Does it drop by 30%? Does it's it drop gotta by 50%? It's got to regress, right? Yeah, you'd think so. I mean, but who knows? Maybe it doesn't. Maybe, um, maybe well, I say maybe it might not be a good barometer because we're getting new consoles, so that might kind of skew things a little bit true i would love to see those numbers after the consoles come out and we're in the middle of december right for christmas i can't wait to see what the billion number looks like i agree if this trend even even if they stay close to these numbers it's still going to be insane but you got to think they're going to go down so we'll have to we'll have to see we'll have to see what the year over year numbers are this time next year number seven the MPD group also released the top 10 best-selling games on PlayStation 4 for the month of July, and they are as follows. 
Number one was Ghost of Tsushima, to be expected, followed by The Last of Us Part Two, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Minecraft, MLB The Show 20, Mortal Kombat 11, Marvel's Spider-Man, Need for Speed Heat, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and finally, number 10, Sword Art Online, Alakization Lycoris, which pretty sure we made fun of that game right. about, <laughs> about a month ago. Yeah. We and here it is that. the number 10, <laughs> right. And here it is the number 10 game of July. So anything stick out to you about that list? A need for speed heat is fascinating. It's weird that that is still charting in the top 10 and star Wars, uh, Jedi fallen order. Right. And I think the MLB, the show's kind of weird. I don't get why people love it. It must that just so be much. because they're back playing now is my guess. But where's NBA 2K? They're playing. So. Well, they they NBA put out their last locker code today. Yeah, they got they've got three weeks to launch of the next one. Yeah, I'm surprised that they hadn't already done that. Spider Man being on there is cool. I guess people are excited about you know right. Miles My- Morales, so they want to make sure they're they've got the first one out of the way. So that's cool. Glad Ghost of Tsushima is at number one. I'm sure that it'll probably stay in that one to three range for next month. And if it does, if it stays ahead of Call of Duty as well as if the last of us stays ahead of call of duty next month. And that's, that's a pretty good, pretty good month for them. Number eight, Forbes magazine has declared ghost of Tsushima, the quote, highest rated game of the entire console generation end quote, as reporter Paul Tassie has been tracking Metacritic user scores for the game since launch. Tassie noted that the game has over 15,000 user reviews submitted which he says is one of the highest total number of user reviews for any game ever. Ghost of Tsushima currently sits at a 9.3 user score, which is the highest user-rated PlayStation 4 game of all time. He did also note that two games sit ahead of Ghost in terms of user ratings. Superliminal, which has a 9.5 rating on Xbox One, but only has 684 ratings, while the Switch version of Superliminal sits at 9.7, albeit with only 250 ratings for the Switch version. Trav, what do you think about this? Ghost is a uh, very beloved game. I think it's it's pretty wild that the reaction has been as well as good as it has been, but it's also being the 15,000 reviews show you that people want to talk about it yeah. and they want to share it. And that might be more surprising than the score. Um, it's just, it's like an organic reaction that you can't really create on purpose. There's no way that either Sony or Sucker Punch, either one saw this coming. Like they may have thought that they no had a, they may have thought that they had a really good game, you know what I mean? But there's right. there's no way that they foresaw the number one the sales figures that we saw and number two mm-hmm. and number two the fan uh reception of this game. There's no way that they foresaw both of those things. I think it's awesome. It's really saying something that the last game that the first party game they're going to put out had this kind of reception. Yeah. It bodes. It's a literal grand slam. It is. Yeah. It's a, it's a grand finale or, you know, a great send off. So part of the, part of the good thing about the game, or I think why the user ratings are so high is because like I've told you before, the more you play it and the more you unlock stuff and level up your character and everything like that, it just makes the game just a little bit more enjoyable all the time. And right. it's easy to play, but it's also 
part of the reason why, yeah, it's also difficult in a way. So like part of the reason why I enjoy it so much and why I think so highly of it. And I think maybe why it speaks to a lot of other people is I want to be very good at combat. I get so upset when I get hit or I miss a Mm -hmm. block or something like that. And so there's a challenge to it that really, I guess I didn't really expect. I don't know, but it's also at the same time, very easy to play and very fun. And it's, it's a solid game. It's better than I expected it to be, especially coming off a game like the last of us. And I think that has something Mm -hmm. to do with it too. People come off the last of us. They're thinking, wow, there's no way that this game can compare to that or even, you know, come close. And then they play it and they're like, wow, this is pretty cool. Like this is actually a fun game. And I think that kind of in a weird way boosts how they feel about it because they're surprised. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. And I think, um, it's so smooth in its progression and it doesn't ask Mm -hmm. you to be a world beater out of the gate. Mm -hmm. It doesn't expect you to be either. I think a lot of games fall into that. And, but you're also not underpowered necessarily at the beginning. Right. Does that make sense? Like a lot of times you'll be, hypothetically, you're like a John Wick character, but you, can, you can't load your gun. It's like, okay. <laughs> exactly. You know, that doesn't make any sense. But part of me, me wonders, you know, the, the user reaction is so high. All these quote unquote professional reviewers were given it, you know, eights and Bs. Mm-hmm. It makes you wonder what was their why didn't they find it that fun? Do they know too much? Is it like the guy that's a Michelin chef and he can't enjoy a hamburger <laughs> because it doesn't have full foie gras on it? Is that what the problem I, is? Yeah, I think that is what it is. I think that's exactly what it is. I think when you're a games journalist, I think you get burnt out. I think if you are just reviewing games, you know, back to back, I think if you reviewed The Last of Us and then Ghost of Tsushima back to back, you're not going to feel maybe as strongly as some of the fans do. I also think that reviewers have to hit these dates to get the reviews posted by. So they may have had 14 days to play Ghost of Tsushima. And that might have been a rush for some people, you know what I mean? Like to get that done. And when you know how it is, when you're trying to force yourself to play a game, it's just not as fun. So Yeah, grind the game out, grind the article out. Yeah, so maybe there's something to that. I'm not sure, but it's awesome. Fans love it. Number nine, more images of the PlayStation 5's DualSense controller leaked online this week, this time from someone who claims to work at a video game accessories company. Twitter user Galaxy666 posted the images and shared that the battery capacity is 1,560 milliamp hours, which is a 50% increase from the DualShock 4. The DualSense does have more bells and whistles requiring greater power consumption, but the increased power does line up with the most with the post on Reddit we shared last week, which claimed that the DualSense had a three to four hour longer battery life than the DualShock 4. What do you think about this? A big shout out to Galaxy Devil for letting us see these images. That's exactly what I thought too. Yeah, I don't know how many bells and whistles I want on the controller. It seems like they'd be in the way and kind of annoying Mm -hmm. and loud. (laughs) A 50% increase, and then we get three or four hours of battery life. That, That... the power, I guess, to life ratio isn't lining up in my head. Yeah. Which I, that makes sense because, you know, if it has more stuff on it, that does make sense. Right. I think that even though there's that much of a power increase, I think that the hours or the length 
like you said, it doesn't correlate, but it's because it's making up for more, you know, making up for the the haptic feedback and the whatever adaptive triggers and all that type of stuff and the uh, microphone built into the controller and stuff like that. So it had to have a bigger battery by default, right? But it still sounds like right. it still sounds like even with all that, we're still going to get a little bit more juice, which is always good. Number 10. The Last of Us Part 2 received a number of new features, modes, and even trophies this week. The list of new additions includes the highly requested Grounded difficulty from the first game, as well as new permadeath, a new permadeath mode. A number of new options and features are also available, such as the ability to adjust film grain or disable listen mode, as well as a playtime clock in the save menu. Perhaps the coolest new feature is the addition of graphics and audio modifiers. Players can now play through the game with cel-shaded or 8-bit graphics, as well as 8-bit audio, among several other options. The new features were added via Title Update 1.05, which went live on Thursday. Any thoughts on this? Well, I love playtime clocks, mm-hmm. and we've talked about that before. I just like knowing kind of how much time I've thrown into something mm-hmm. without having to do the math myself. And uh, did you look up some of the um, footage or screen? screen caps of uh what the cell shaded looks like or the 8-bit graphics look yes like. the cell shaded that's pretty the cell shaded looks so cool it's like borderlands yeah i was yeah it does exactly i was watching um somebody made a couple of different gifs on reddit i was watching those and the cell shaded is outrageous it looks cool yeah i loved it it's such a cool add-on yes but i definitely would not go near the permadeath or grounded difficulty not doing it no no and permadeath is cool though because it reminds me of, um, I've always had these weird, if it makes any sense, but like, you know, like on F1, like I'm going to do a hundred percent race. I'm going to race. They race 71 laps at Brands Hatch. I'm going to do the same thing. Oh God. And just, just because I don't know why I just want to, or, you know, I want to play uh, 2k, let's play 12 minute quarters and you mm. know, just see what it's like. Yeah, true. I do have this thing where it's like, uh, let's play the call of duty campaign. And if you die, you start all over. Whew. It's just so intense. Yes. Did you see by chance the clip of the guy on YouTube or Reddit who was doing a permadeath playthrough and he was on a rope basically like swinging from platform to platform and he went into a menu to change a setting and he came back out and he hit circle one too many times and he fell off the rope and he was too high up and died. He was too high up and fell to his death. That's how he died. He hit circle one too many times to get out of the menu that's brutal yeah he like screamed and was like distraught which i would be too yeah, i would have lost my mind i probably would have taken the disc out and frisbeed it across the room <laughs> the like god what a brutal way to end the end the game you're just mad at yourself like it's not the game's fault like you played yourself number 11 nba 2k developer visual concepts shared an update on changes coming to this year's iteration of the game via the playstation blog this week While there are a number of changes coming to the game, two of the most notable changes are new shooting mechanics and new dribbling mechanics. Both mechanics are now very different from last year's game and require new inputs on the right stick or pro stick as they call it. Players can, however, if they choose, revert to last year's settings. The developer also announced a current-gen demo will come to PlayStation 4 on August 24th, ahead of the game's current-gen launch on September the 4th. I'm sure you have a thought on this. What do you think? A couple of, couple of things before I jump on a soapbox. Um, I can't wait for August 25th 
when Ronnie and 2K get a million tweets telling them how shit the game is and they start changing <laughs> stuff before the game even launches. Uh, you know it's coming. First of all, pro stick, thanks for the bullshit marketing term. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think the dribbling mechanics is actually pretty cool. You pull it to the right or the left, it helps you escape dribble. You know, you can pull back and do different things with a stick. That makes sense because you and I have both had issues before where we're on the break and we come down and we're trying to do a pull up or a step back and we mm-hmm. or a crossover and we'll just shoot it from mid court because you just you held on a fraction of a second too long or you bumped it the wrong way and it decided to euro. You know, that will fix that should fix those issues that non professional players like me and you have. Right. The biggest issue I have is the aiming and timing of the jump shot. And we've tried the aiming before. We did that on 17. Mm. And, right, was it 17 or 18? I remember we could sounds, aim I think and most it people was, switched it back. I think it was 17, yeah. And 17 was a, a really good 2K game. Don't get me wrong. But I remember that was an issue that you had. And it's kind of one of those things where when you aim, it feels like it's set up for you to play on a certain camera angle. So, you know, if they want you to play with yeah. a 2K camera and you're playing on broadcast, it's, you can never aim. So, like, how am I aiming if if pulling to the right makes me do like a you know a, a <laughs> James Harden cross step to the right before I shoot uh-huh. and I'm aiming but the goals to the right of me but I'm aiming at the rim how am I just going to go into the jump it doesn't I don't understand the aiming I'm very confused by all of it I don't so I read the I read the post that they did right and then I got on Twitter and Mike Wang who's the gameplay director for the game. I got on his Twitter and he was tweeting a bunch about how different gameplay aspects work. I read what he had to say. I still don't understand it. They're just going to have to show it to us, which, I mean, we're going to get a demo in 10 days. That's fine. But if it's that confusing to try to explain to me in writing, then how is it going to be in the game? I'm I'm like you. Like, I don't understand. Why do I have to point the right stick at the, like, I don't know, man. I just, I feel like I'm going to go back to the last year's settings, but they do say that, you know, I guess these settings are supposed to create the skill gaps. You know, it, it it's going to take a while to, to master or whatever. I don't know. It, they are right from the, the aspect of when you shoot a basketball, you aim and you time it, right? Yeah. But that's intuitive. You yeah. Know, I'm not, I'm not doing three different things while I shoot. It's a rhythm thing. Yes. So how, how do you translate that into a video game? Yes. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, but this sounds way too complicated. Yes. And maybe we're wrong, but like you said, I read the thing too. I watched the thing. I don't know what the hell they're talking about. Yeah. My problem with it is that they, I'm pretty sure I read this. I could be wrong, but I think they said that the timing aspect of it is gone now where before, you know, you released it at the top of the release, you know, you got the, you got the green, you got the green light or whatever. I'm pretty sure I read that that's not, has nothing to do with it anymore, right. which I don't, I don't understand. I read that you can, it's like an area and you can catch it on the way back if you miss it on the way up and that that area, the quote unquote, I guess, sweet spot changes based off of the difficulty of the shot, how well you're guarded, um, who is shooting, how, you know, what your ratings are, which goes back to, am I learning a jump shot? Because think about Kobe or Durant or anybody who has ever played basketball in their life. If you have a spot you can get to, you know your release point and you know you know exactly it's muscle memory, right? Right. Right. So 
just because I'm shooting a jump shot and Draymond runs at me does not change my release point unless he's about to block it. <laughs> Correct. So how does that work into the game? Because it reads like if, if Kawhi's on you as opposed to Kelvin Johnson, it's going to be more difficult. The, the area is going to be smaller. What makes them good defenders isn't that doesn't translate to what makes them good defenders and makes it hard to score on them. Like what makes it hard to score on Kawhi is he's so fucking big. You can't get around him. You (laughs) can't go over him. You can't go through him. Like those are the issues. I don't know how to translate that to a game either, but like narrowing my window to make a shot doesn't change that. We've seen this. We've seen this from them a bunch. They're going to, they're going to walk this back at some point. They're going to change it. It's going to be heavily modified. It's just going to be like last year with my team where they said, oh, position locks. Two months into the season, dudes were getting point guard cards and everything else. And then, hell, at the end of the year, Spud Webb had a center card and all this shit. So, like, whatever. You can't believe anything they say. So, you can't You just, I don't know. We'll see how it goes, but I'm super confused at this point as to how it works. And unrelated, but kind of related on these videos we see of games, don't. I don't need cinematic trailers. You're not showing me anything. They're they're jazzed up to look pretty. You just, you took a pig and you put lipstick on it. As far as I'm concerned on those things, show me the gameplay. If it's one thing, I agree with you. Here's one, one thing about it. If it's, if you're announcing a brand new game that nobody knows about. Oh, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And you want to do a cinematic trailer. Perfectly fine. Right. Do, Do a cinematic trailer. Show us whatever you want to show us. Tell us the name of the game whatever give us a release here perfect if it's nba if it's call of duty these annualized games yeah these annualized games don't waste our time we're taught we're looking at you nba 2k we're looking at you madden the yard you're wasting our time yeah i don't know what madden the yard showed me you're the guy runs up to him and puts the ball between his leg and the guy falls down like that doesn't even make sense like if you're playing football you just declete that guy the fuck is he doing with the ball like, what are you showing me? Right. I get it. You motion cap Damian Lillard to make this this intro video. Like, what a waste of my time. Number 12, Cyberpunk 2077 developer CD Projekt Red held their second Night City Wire episode on Monday. The stream gave us an overview of how the game's three life paths affect the game. They also gave us a look at the making of the music for Keanu Reeves' character's band, Samurai, as well as an overview overview of the game's numerous weapons. Following the stream, CD Projekt Red senior gameplay designer Pavel Kapala told website VG247 that they aren't happy with the game's melee combat as it currently stands, saying, quote, We're still a couple of months before release, and I'm actually right now working on melee. We're spending a lot of time trying to perfect that, and we basically were not 100% happy mostly with visual feedback on the hits on, on the melee, end quote. What do you think about this, Travis? This was kind of the one thing, I mean, you've talked about this a little bit, what we've yeah. seen of the gameplay, and this is kind of both your and I's comment was about the melee, so what do you think? There's a lot running through my head on this on this one. The first thing I wanted to ask you was, of the life paths, have you, do you have a preference right now, or are you going to wait, based off of what we saw on Night City? So I think that right now I'm leaning leaning towards Street Kid. What do you think? You know, I feel like I'm. Uh, I look at them and then I think, okay, cool. So my initial reaction was uh, Corpo was out of the question. Same. Um, I didn't like it, and then Same. I was going back and forth on like, well, would Nomad or Street Kid be more fun? I don't know. 
And then now that I'm sitting here, maybe Corpo might be okay. I don't know. I I do like the nomad idea of it, but mm-hmm. I like the aesthetics of the street kid better. Yeah. That makes sense. So they put a Twitter poll up after this and it's almost like a dead heat. They ask people basically like what role or life path are you going to pick? It's like 32%, wow. 33%, 36%. It's like a dead heat. It's crazy. So that's awesome. That just goes to show you they did a good job designing those that, you know, right. there's equal interest. So, and I, I'm glad they're working on the melee. Like we both said, it was kind of janky looking and, but that's hard to fix in any game. Like, like we said before. Yeah. But, and I know, the world gives them shit all the time about pushing the game back, pushing the game back. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm start, you know, there's something to be said for wanting it to be at the level they expect it to be at. So the fact they're still working on it, I mean, I think it's, I don't see it as a red flag. I think that's, that's awesome. I think that, I think you're onto something. The fact that they've delayed it as many times as they've, as they have. And this is the comment that he came out with after this, you know, three months from release and it said that we're still working on the melee. You couple that with the fact that we know that they took the wall running out of the game, where you right. could remember where you used. To, uh, we talked about this before, where you could wall run and then you could like mm-hmm. leap off and melee people, mm-hmm. you know, with shit. I think there's something to those two things. I think they probably couldn't fix the melee, you know, boots on the ground melee to make it look and feel like they want to, and then still have that stuff going on too. And like we've talked about, melee is just a hard thing to do in first-person games. Right. You know, we've mentioned Kingdom Come Deliverance before because I played that game, and that was built from the ground up. That was what that game was. And even then, that game is janky, you know, to an extent. So it's just so hard. And even in, like, like Red Dead and GTA, when you do first-person <laughs> and you're trying to fist-fight somebody or whatever. comical. It may, even with, it makes you want to vomit. So... It uh, it's hard to do. It's got to be. I would be. I would love for this. Well, this would be a really interesting article for like IGN or somebody to do, right? Just to like interview somebody from Rockstar and CD Projekt Red and whatever Ubisoft and whoever. Just like, all right, talk to us about first person melee combat, right? Because you had that on Far Cry too, <laughs> right? Like, what is so hard about it? Like, we want to know. Like, talk to us about it. And I bet they would yeah. all be like, oh my god, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, I guess at some point they're going to get pressure to kind of cut their losses and release the game, even if they're not a hundred percent happy. Yeah. But I do, I I hope, you know, that it looks like we would still get, you know, post-release support at a high level. It seems like that they aren't going to let it die. Even if it doesn't come out perfectly, they'll still keep working on it. Yeah. They're one of the best studios about that. They'll, they'll keep it updated and you know, there'll be, uh, there'll be expansions after the fact and stuff. So of, of all the developers, they're definitely one to trust. So we'll see how it turns out in the final product. Number 13, a Call of Duty 2020 should be on the way at some point this year. Developers Treyarch and Raven Software have opted for an interactive approach to revealing this year's game. So far, there have been two sets of clues revealed, which have led gamers to bunkers in Call of Duty Warzone, which have led to more clues. There appears to be several more days of clue reveals lined up in hopes that one day we will finally know something about about the game. What is clear at this point is that the game will indeed be a Call of Duty Black Ops game. Travis, have you been keeping up with any of this interactive reveal they've been doing to this point? Yeah, I watched the first one and then when I saw that I was learning absolutely nothing and it was a wild goose chase, I checked out. And I kept thinking to myself, if they put 
less time into this goose chase uh, could we already have known about the game <laughs> i've watched it both the first reveal or whatever and then i watched it some today and i get what they're trying to do and trying to get people involved and like people streaming on twitch and youtube and whatever like it's cool it's not a terrible idea don't get me wrong it's just not something i'm interested in yeah exactly that and how about we just do it over like one day why is it got to be all these days apart and everything? It's just, and I think what makes it worse is the fact that we still don't know key information about the next generation consoles. We don't know key stuff about Xbox. We don't know key stuff about PlayStation and people are getting fed up with it and the, the anticipation is extremely high. So then you fast forward and you now have Activision doing the same shit basically, right. but with He's Call of Duty. Off. Everybody's getting pissed off. We're tired of it. Like we just want to know. Like just tell us the shit. It goes back to what yeah. you were talking about with the cinematic trailer. Like just show us the shit already. Let's go. It seems like they're trying it's like they're trying way too hard, is what I feel like. <sighs> way like, too hard. Let's make this so interactive and fun and hip and modern. It's like uh you could just tell me at least the setting of the game you know like maybe maybe one of the clues pop up and it's like vietnam like all right right they gave us some cities but that's fine that you gave me cities but i could have guessed that there's always cities what do you mean like that doesn't tell me anything well maybe at some point we will know what the call of duty game is this year we we do know pretty confidently that it's a black ops game just based on the clues and uh everything that they've been doing with the reveal clues and things like that. So we'll buckle up for the ride, I guess. Number 14, developer Remedy Entertainment announced that Control is getting a free upgrade on PlayStation 5. But all is not as it seems, Travis. Website Push Square reported that only owners of the Control Ultimate Edition, which launches on August 27th, will get the free upgrade to the next-gen version of the game meaning that current owners of the base game as well as owners of the season pass will have to purchase the game again if they want to enjoy the upgraded version of Control on PlayStation 5. What do you think about this? I think as an American, I'm supposed to support capitalism, but this is kind of annoying to me. Yeah. I don't I don't like it. It's really to be honest, it's pretty pretty much bullshit. It's I would put this up here with the likes of what take two is doing with NBA. Like right. Some you, 2k bullshit. No, yeah. This is some 2k bullshit. The only way to get a free, not even the only way to get an upgrade automatically from PS4 to PS5 is to buy the Kobe Mamba edition for a hundred bucks. Otherwise you're forking out $70 again when the PlayStation five comes out. I mean, that's basically what these guys are doing. Right. It doesn't look good, especially when you see almost everybody else doing a free upgrade. You know, Ubisoft, uh, Codemasters. Mm-hmm. I mean, just pick a name out of a hat. Almost everybody is doing it except for these guys now at Remedy and 2K. And right. it's not a good look, man. I don't think people are going to buy that. I think and maybe they don't care, but I don't, I don't think people are going to buy control ultimate edition to play on the ps5 when they can just play other ps5 games you know and you know if it's if it's rockstar it's it's still annoying and frowned upon but you can make the argument that they've earned that with gta and red dead Mm -hmm. and i think people be like look it's shady but we're right you know you've given Mm -hmm. us these two great games it's not like that remedy has done that and it's control like i'm you played it so you can tell tell people more than me but it's a great game 
yeah, has I just don't know that they've earned that kind of clout. No, definitely not. It's a great game. Everybody should play it. It's great game. But with all that said, you cannot do that with this game. You just can't. It's not the game. It's not the developer. It's not the studio that can do this, like you said. So I don't think this is going to work out for them. People are pretty upset about it. Number 15, developer of the Metro game series, 4A Games, has been acquired by THQ Nordic parent company Embracer Group. Website Eurogamer reported earlier this week. According to the report, Embracer, quote, not only get 4A Games, but the Metro IP and the developer's proprietary game engine, which will save costs for the company, end quote. In their press release, Embracer noted that 4A Games is working on, quote, an entirely new project that combines the AAA production values of 4A Games, combined engine and technology know-how, and Sabres, the developers of the World War Z game, Mm. experience on multiplayer live operations, end quote. Embracer Group also announced the acquisitions of seven other studios. They buy everybody, dude. I know. (laughs) New World Interactive, Sola Media, Pow Wow Entertainment, Great name. Palindrome Interactive, Rare Earth Games, Vermilla Studios, and Decca Games. These acquisitions are just the latest in a shopping spree by Embracer Group, as Eurogamer noted that they now have 33 internal game development studios, more than 4,000 employees and contractors, and are operating in more than 40 countries around the globe. So, first of all, what do you think about a new, sounds like, AAA multiplayer game from the Metro guys and the World War Z guys? Well, World War Z, we had a great time on. Yeah, it's fun. It was fun. It's hilarious. Inadvertently funny, I think, but it was a good uh-huh. time. So, yeah, I'm actually excited about this when I read it. So, I think it'll be, it has all the ingredients to be good. Who knows? Maybe it mm-hmm. won't. Maybe in the oven it'll burn, but you never know. <laughs> I can't figure out why they're, how or why they're buying all these people. How many do you need? They've been buying studios and IP for a while now, a couple of years now, I think. They, I mean, look at it. 33 a, internal development studios, 4,000 employees in 40 countries. Yeah. It's stupid. We could get, <laughs> we might talk about it one time on an episode, but you should go look at a list of like the games that they now own and the games that they're working on. And right. It's stupid what all they own now. Stupid. I mean, it's like a real estate conglomerate. Basically. They apparently have some private money behind them, so... Who? It so- DiCaprio? I, I, like, who has that much know. money? I, I don't know, man. It sounds like they... Because at first, the conversation was, well, they're going to buy all this shit, and then they're going to, like, sell out to, like, Sony or, like, Activision Yeah, or that's what I thought. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, they're just going to sell out to one of these big companies, but... Man, they're pumping out games, so they own stuff you wouldn't imagine. So they've got their hand in a little bit of everything. So it sounds like they're here to stay. They're trying to be a, a superpower. Number 16, new job listings for the next entry in the Bioshock series have surfaced online and reveal that developer Cloud Chamber is creating, quote, a new and fantastical world, end quote, according to a report from website PlayStation Universe. This seems to indicate that players will not be returning to Rapture or Columbia from the previous games. The upcoming game was revealed back in late 2019 and will be coming to PlayStation 5. So Travis, we knew that this game was in development, but there was kind of scuttlebutt for a while there that 
the game may go back to the original setting. It may go back to the setting of the third mm-hmm. game, but now we know they're just going to do a totally new thing. So any thoughts on this? I, I'm not a Bioshock guy. I've tried right. to play them. I've tried to play them. You know, John and Jacob tell me and us all the time, they're some of the best games ever. Tried them. They haven't aged well, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. I know, pe- I know people are going to think I'm crazy. So I know, I don't think you've played them, but you know, yeah. what do you, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, I might give it a shot. Everybody says they're great. It's just like the Ratchet and Clanks. I've never gotten around to them, but I'll probably end up playing that on the on the five. So, mm-hmm. you know, if it's in a good time, you know, maybe we're in a lull or I want to try something new. Hopefully, it kind of hits in that zone for me, or maybe it'll just look cool and I'll I'll just get it no matter what. But they got to be careful before Embracer tries to buy them, <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know, man. We'll see where this goes and how it comes out. So maybe on the next gen consoles and you know a new new studio a new talent working on this one because the original people are gone mm-hmm. and uh you know a new setting and everything maybe it'll speak to me but I, yeah i think the new console will be really good for this type of game yeah i know like i said this news doesn't mean a whole lot to us but i know it does mean a great amount to a big group of people number 17 next year's new entry in the battlefield franchise could be huge literally Website Games Radar reported a new rumor from noted Battlefield leaker Tom Henderson, who posted on Twitter that, quote, Battlefield news, maps have been designed with 128 plus players in mind, but 32 versus 32 will also be a standard playlist, end quote. What do you think about this? Any, anything? I love the way he started the uh, quote, Battlefield news. It's like CNN yeah. head on. Well, Battlefield 1 was probably my favorite multiplayer game this generation. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun. And, you know, I'm a history major anyway. So <laughs> to see World War One in that way was part of the reason I liked it so much. So, you know, mm-hmm. my reasoning is beyond gameplay. But we both agreed Battlefield 5 was uh, just, you know, a trash can. And I think everybody yeah. else agreed. But my reaction is, one, I'm glad we're getting another one. Mm-hmm. I'm sad that nothing will be as good as Battlefield 1. Um, even Battlefield Four, mm-hmm. which I enjoyed, wasn't as good as one. I thought, yeah. But the one twenty-eight players is very cool, and it's kind of like how I was talking earlier about how you know sometimes I just want to do a full race or full quarters or whatever. That's that's similar to me, you know. Um, let's see how many platoons and let's get a battalion out there and just see what <laughs> happens on this map. Right. If I remember correctly, the next Battlefield, which is coming out next year, is supposed to be set, supposed to be a modern setting. I think it's supposed to be Battlefield 6. It's supposed right. to be a modern setting. So this is exciting. This has got to be one of the things that's possible on next generation consoles. And I really hope, like you said, it takes a a step back in a good way. And yeah. it goes kind of back to like Battlefield 1. So 5, I even, me and you both even tried to go back and play 5. Yeah, even after the updates. Or V, whatever it's, what, however you pronounce And even after the updates, and it still didn't really speak to us. So. Even if it doesn't work, 128 maybe, and if they have these, whatever issues they do or don't have, at least with them trying it by the end of the console generation, we'll be doing stuff like this probably regularly. Number 18, Travis, we have several news nuggets that we need to get through this week as well. As always, we'll run through them, and we may not necessarily talk about all of them, but if we have something to say, we'll jump in here. First news nugget. Writer, producer, and in-game DJ for many GTA titles, Laszlo Jones, people will recognize that name right off, has left Rockstar after 19 years. 
due to family health concerns, allegedly, or supposedly. Jeez. First of all, I didn't know that he was a writer or producer. Right? I did not know that ever. Never knew that. And he works on the games. Awesome. He's hilarious. Love it. Love the shows. And, you know, maybe tonight we'll pour out a little bit for our homie. Next nugget, Ubisoft has fired Assassin's Creed Valhalla creative director Ashraf Ismail after an independent misconduct investigation. Scott Pilgrim versus the World book writer Brian O'Malley stated on Twitter that he has been in contact with Ubisoft about re-releasing the game. Like they contacted him or he's just been leaving him voicemails? It sounds like they've, <laughs> they've actually... <laughs> it sounds like they've actually spoken. So oh, that's good. We'll see. Sony is bringing back several colorways of the DualShock 4 controller this month. The colors coming back include berry blue, red camouflage, rose gold, and steel black. IGN revealed that upcoming PlayStation VR game The Walking Dead Onslaught will launch on September 29th. Developer Ember Lab stated on Twitter that their upcoming game, Kenna or Kena, still don't know how to say it, Bridge of Spirits, will receive a free upgrade from PlayStation 4 to PlayStation 5. Publisher Daybreak Games announced via news release that it has acquired Cold Iron Studios, the developers of the next game in the Alien universe, as reported by BusinessWire.com. Codemasters announced on Tuesday that the upcoming Dirt 5 has been delayed by one week and will now release on October the 16th. Must be a manufacturing issue there. Yeah, that's kind of how I read it. It kind of stinks, but you know, it gives me another week to figure out if I don't like F1. <laughs> there you go. You can play F1 all the way to Dirt 5. Super, I'm stoked for Dirt 5. It should be it, fun. Yeah, I hope it pans out for me. Next nugget here, website Push Square reported that Bus Simulator 21 will be coming to PlayStation in 2021. Hot. Dude, I know. That game, I watched the trailer or whatever they put out for it, and it looks kind of cool. Not going to lie. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's, it'd be fun to do things you're not supposed to do. (laughs) Right. Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 has been delayed to 2021 as announced by developer Hard Toot Labs and publisher Paradox Interactive. First-person action game Atomic Heart has added a PS5 version in addition to PlayStation 4. Developer Munfish announced. Game looks cool. Developer Destructive Creations announced a World War II-inspired game War Mongrels will come to PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. I'm here for every World War War game. Yeah, they didn't show a whole lot, but they're apparently going to do a full gameplay reveal on the 27th, I think. Okay, cool. So I'll get disappointed that day. There you go. Next nugget here, several items from Gematsu. Website Gematsu reported that 2D action game Minoria will launch on PS4 on September 10th, that Little Witch Academia VR Broom Racing will come to PSVR in early 2021, that team-based third-person shooter G.I. Joe Operation Blackout will launch on PS4 on October 13th, that Cook Serve Delicious 3 will launch on PS4 in October, it's written that way. With the question mark? Uh-huh. What does that mean? <laughs> I don't know, man. Is it three or <laughs> that, do we skip two? I don't know. They also reported that MMORPG Bless Unleashed is coming to PS4 and will also have a closed beta from August 20th to August 24th. That real-time tactics game Dog Duty will release on PlayStation, 5, uh, PlayStation 4 excuse me, on September 17th. That's an unfortunate name. D-O-O-T-Y would be a completely different game. <laughs> right? 
They also reported that horror game Dark, D-A-R-Q, Complete Edition, will come to PS4 and PS5 digitally in December and physically in early 2021. And finally, that puzzle platformer projection, First Light, will release on PS4 on September 29th. And that is all for the news, Travis. Let's get into the new game releases this week as we run out of time here. On PS4 this week, we're getting Arcade Archives, Circus Charlie, Banner of the Maid, Brunch Club, Clan Inn, The Dice is Cast, EA Sports UFC 4, Escape from Tethys, Fast and Furious Crossroads, which is from Codemasters, and it was supposed to be dog shit, by the way, which is surprising. (laughs) We're also getting Hyperscape, which is dog shit. (laughs) We're also getting, is it wrong to try to pick up girls in a dungeon? I'm going to go with, yeah. Familia Myth Infinite Combat? There's a, what is that? There's a lot of questions with that. Like, Why am I in the dungeon? Why is she in the dungeon? Why are there multiple girls in the dungeon? Who owns the dungeon? <laughs> I agree. Also, just, I don't know, whatever. Terrible title. We're also getting the Mean Greens, Plastic Warfare, Memory Lane in Europe Only, Maiden Tower in Europe Only, Prehistoric Dude, Railway Empire, Complete Collection, Relicta in Europe, only Rogue Cube in Europe only. Steam Tactics, Tid Vogvir Nymond. There you go. I was waiting for that one. In Europe, in, in Europe only. I got a PlayStation blog post, by the way. Weird. We're also getting Water Balloon Mania, West of Dead, Path of the Crow Edition. That game has it's sick art. It is crazy cool. It does. It does. Yeah, it looks cool. Finally, on PS4 in Europe only, we're getting Word Heard. We're also getting a PlayStation Vita title this week, Steam Tactics, which is also coming to PS4. And that is all for the new game releases. Again, not from Sony. We had to go out and find that ourselves. So maybe one day they'll figure it out. Travis, we're running out of time here. We got a few minutes. We'll try to get to our last little bit here. I want to talk to you and our blast from the past about a favorite of ours, Driver on PlayStation 1. Do you remember the driver? Yeah, Driver was if I had like a PS1 legacy game, I think Driver would be it or one of the drivers. Driver 1 or 2. It's one of my favorite games ever and it's another one of these games that we played on PS1 a lot. And one of the things that I remember the most about the game was the first time that you drove, if you broke the driving laws, the cops would come after you. <laughs> right. Yeah. So like you're, I'm used to playing, you know, the original Grand Theft Autos and stuff at the time. Yeah, blowing people's doors off, hitting humans. Yeah. Nope. You break that speed limit or you run that red light, the cops are coming after you. And I remember me and you liked one part on the map where we would go to. Right. It was in like a residential neighborhood and it had like a bridge where you could, where you would drive over like a river and get into the neighborhood. And me and you like to get the cops to chase us, get over the bridge and then stop immediately and watch the cops come flying over top of us like Dukes of Hazzard. The cops were on, they were like, like one, one to a hundred, they're a hundred. Like, yes, there's no, (laughs) the foot's down. We're going to run you. We're going to kill you is what they're doing. Uh huh. There's no AI slider for the cops on that game. And I I assume, are you going to read the story arc? Yes. I can tell you right yes. now, I won't know any of it. I, I'm not sure I played <laughs> the story. So 
Dude, you won't believe what the story arc okay. is. I, I, if you have not heard, so I, I did not know this until just now. But you will not believe what the story right, arc so, is. But what I do want to, before we get there, I want to touch on that. Uh-huh. The game was what made the game so hard was how realistic, like the crashes and the driving were. Mm. And first of all, the the graphics for PS One I thought were really good. Hmm. You know, maybe if you remember, there would be some stuff in the background that would kind of clip in and out. But the stuff near you is really good. The car damage model is was better than most games today. I mean, right? Which is crazy to think about. Um, and they managed to create these modes. Like the only mode I remember playing besides us just driving around running from cops was uh, we would you could chase a car, and I remember doing that, and it was so freaking hard. Like, yes. they would swerve and you'd hit things <laughs> and it was a disaster yes. like the felony bar would go up <laughs> yeah i remember that now i mean you always played the free drive i think right. is what it was called right yeah yeah we didn't we didn't do the story or anything we mostly did what you were just talking about and then we would do the free drive i do remember doing the parking garage driver's test yes and you had to do that at the beginning oh my god yeah. do you remember going to wrigley stadium and getting the secret yellow car yeah, I'm not sure if that was two or one. Mm, okay, I'm not. I'm, okay. I might, I'm just not sure. But yes, I remember. No, you might be right because you couldn't get out of the car in one, but I think you right, could in two. Right. Yeah, I remember yeah, that you couldn't get out of the that. car. But no, dude, it was awesome. And then I don't, it's hard to explain because even on um, there was a Need for Speed game where you could run from the police, and that's all I would do on it too. Like <laughs> just see how yep. long because you remember the counter would come up and it would tell you your best time. Uh-huh. And like it was just how far, how high can we get it? I mean, we were definitely at one point we had to have been over an hour. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we were just riding around the whole map. You like we'd memorize the map at that point, and you could just you know you'd hold yeah. circle to do a burnout. Well, we figured out yeah. that if you're hauling ass around a turn, if you just hit circle, you you could like basically throttle kick it around the turn. <laughs> yes, it's like a clutch kick is awesome. So, driver Travis, let me tell everybody a little bit about the driver. Driver, known as Driver, You Are the Wheelman in North America, forgot about Love that, it. is an action driving video game and the first installment in the Driver series, developed by Reflections Interactive and published by GT Interactive Software. Reflections was later bought, by the way, by Ubisoft in 2006. Mm-hmm. Driver was released on PlayStation on June 25th, 1999. The game, inspired by movie Car Chases, sees players driving around four real-life cities, Miami, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and New York, using a variety of vehicles, with the plot focusing on the work of an undercover police officer, John Tanner, who infiltrates a criminal outfit to investigate their operations. I didn't know I had a name. (laughs) Right? Listen, this is the best part. Only to discover a plot by their boss to assassinate the president of the United States. Oh, I don't remember that at all. (laughs) I never... Never knew that. All these years, 20 years, never knew it. 22 years, whatever. Never knew it. The game proved a commercial hit upon release and received favorable reviews from critics. Travis, that's Driver in a Nutshell. Mm. Awesome game. Awesome game. I miss it. Yeah. I wish they would like do a remaster or something of it. I did see, I did look up the IGN. I wanted to see the rating. Did you see what the IGN rating was? No, what they give 9. it? 9.7. Wow. Wow, it was a commercial or it was a critical success. And Holy so shit. So when I when I typed that in, I also saw that IGN had a list of top 25 PS games, PlayStation games. And okay. it ranked 12th. Holy shit. Of all time on PlayStation so 1. So they said, so 
I couldn't believe that. Wow. I thought that was pretty incredible. It's it's crazy how you literally couldn't get out of the car. And it, and it got a 9.7. Like, it was just, so, it was so far beyond what most people were doing on the PS1. Yeah, it was an awesome game. I miss it. And I can't get over what you said about where it is at on IGN's all-time list for PS1 games. And that's still crazy to me. Travis, let's start to wrap the episode up here. Why don't you tell me about what you're going to be playing this upcoming week? Well, um, let's see here. I'm at Bahrain on F1, so probably um, probably hit that up. Hopefully I finish better than 19th out of 22 cars like I did last time. <laughs> now that I have a better grasp of the buttons, we should be okay. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that I'll end up on some Fall Guys. I'm sure my wife will make me come down here and play. We'll probably work in some Call of Duty. You know, it's just fun to run around with a machine gun and shoot things sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Well, I'll still play Red Dead every day like usual, get my challenges. So I did not mention it, but the game was broken for a few days. You couldn't get on, and when you could get in, there was no NPCs, there were no animals. Perfect. I would ride by wag- I would I would ride by wagons with nobody driving them. That's amazing, them. though. And <laughs> all kinds of weird stuff was going on. So they had it was so bad that they had to roll back the previous version. <laughs> they had to put an update out and roll back to the previous version of the game. So the game the game works yeah. again. Got Crips back. Got Crips back, so I'll play that as always and play a little bit of COD probably uh with you guys just to mix it up and hopefully mix in some fall guys as well because uh, that that game's just a lot of fun and uh i definitely want to make some progress in ghost of right. Tsushima to stay on track to finish it by the end of the month which i'm doing pretty good so i'm really hoping to have act two done by this weekend at the very, very least so yeah we'll see how that goes oh, we talked about playing the uh avengers beta Oh yeah, I forgot about that. I'm glad you said that. So I think tonight, um, or this weekend really, we're going to try to play the Avengers beta with the guys. I'm not terribly excited about that game like we've talked about on, on here, but it's an open beta and Why we not? do a play, yeah, and we do a PlayStation podcast, so feel like it's an opportunity to try it out so we can speak to it a little bit. And who knows, maybe it'll change our mind. That's pretty much it. Travis, I think that's all we've got for the episode. We're done, man. If you guys uh, like what you heard, don't forget to rate us, subscribe, share us with a friend. You can find us on all your favorite podcasting platforms, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and even the YouTube. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you guys next week. Take care.